0: Think if God plants a vision in your heart, it takes time, and we often aren't that patient
1: today on Doing Good the podcast. Think back to when you were a kid to the very best summer of your life. For a lot of people, that was summer spent at summer camp, it was away from your family, away from home, even away from the friends you're with all year. You were meeting new people, you were spending the entire day just hanging out, having fun with new friends, doing new things figuring out who you were. For some, summer camp was transformational. And that certainly can be said for literally thousands of people who, when they were young, spent their summer months at a camp in the hills of Northeast Tennessee. Doe River Gorge was open with the idea of doing good in the lives of young people. Today on Doing Good, the podcast, you're going to meet Terry Mahan, the founder and the current director. You're going to hear how his vision, his idea translated an abandoned theme park in the middle of nowhere into a first-class camp where kids come from around the country. You'll hear how his faith literally moved a mountain and how his determination to do good led to a powerful pivot in the pandemic. He'll share some practical ideas for doing good when everyone around you says your idea is not going to be possible. And we think he's going to revive your belief that anything is possible when there's a higher power leading the way.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Susanna.
3: And I'm Elijah. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast where we and our parents talk about the good that's happening in our community and the people that are making those good things happen.
2: So we actually just kind of sit here until we're told to talk, but we're actually the funny
4: ones, so stick around and listen. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Becky, and we're here today with the Doing Good gang. I'm here. Uh, Suzanne is here. Elijah's here. And Mr. Josh is here. They were <laughs> laughing at Josh. us for calling you Mr. Josh. Josh,
1: <laughs> you can call me anything.
4: Well, I think it's important to learn that children learn respect. And so um, you, you should be a Mr. And we all have called you Mr. Josh from the very beginning with our children. So
1: I. Am happy to have that, and that's fine. It is you do meet kids sometimes that walk up and you go like, "Hey, Becky," and it's coming from like a six year old. I do get it, that. Does it seem weird? And or?
4: I, no, I just go, "That's Doctor Becky for, to you."
1: <laughs> well, you have a justifiable, you know, a couple of uh, you earned that Dr. period in front of your name, Mister. I'm like, how about Uncle? We, you know, that's uh that a lot of.
2: <laughs> Why are you laughing
1: <laughs> at me?
4: Do you want to call him Uncle Josh? I want
2: everyone to call you Uncle Josh.
1: Yeah, that is a kind of a cultural thing. My wife's family—they're all like northeasterners, you know—they all call you if you if you know someone who is older, call him Uncle.
4: Really? Or Aunt?
1: Yeah, they're like family friends. They become Uncle or Aunt. I when we first got married, I thought these people
3: were related to her.
1: They we're not related to her.
3: I yeah, that's a thing could... our family does way too much. I don't even know who's related to me anymore. Yeah,
1: they're all uncle,
3: uh, uncle.
4: I don't think I could call you Uncle Josh because since the kids have been watching Gravity Falls, I yeah. would just start thinking Grunkle. Uncle Stan. Grunkle, Grunkle uncle Josh. Stan. I don't think Gravity. I could do it. Oh, that
1: show is weird.
4: It, it is that's weird, the but point. they love it. That love is it. the point.
1: It's it. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the thing our do- Lucy your your younger sister says uh various rashes or is that i mean what is that
4: they will uh, spend entirely too much time watching that show uh and that is why i am grateful for today's guest
1: (laughs) because he doesn't let them watch gravity falls at doe river gorge because
4: i know that we can send our kids to camp at doe river gorge in the summer and they're not going to be on their screens
1: Susanna Elijah, have you ever heard of Doe River Gorge? Have they you? Take, are you familiar with this place? Do you they know anything? Take away your phone.
2: A
4: little
3: bit. <laughs> take
1: they away, take your...
4: away your phone. And you say that like you're being tortured.
3: No, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's good.
4: <laughs> I've never heard anybody say, I really miss my phone.
3: Yeah, no, because
1: you,
4: you stay have. busy. Anyway, I have spent
2: several weeks of my life at that camp. Weeks. And I would not change a thing.
1: Months. how how long were you how old were you when you first started going to door for gorge camp
4: i'm not sure maybe you were eight
1: as soon as legally allowable
4: yeah yes you have to be entering the third grade so you actually might have been it might have been the summer before you turned eight
1: so a full decade of your life right the summers
4: seven years old
1: okay how about you elijah
3: i think i was ten or so when i went i i know i went to the youngest um like the adventure quest mm-hmm. thing like two three years in a row so i've yeah i've done it like probably five or six years now i think
4: when mostly. i think about how much money we've spent
3: to <laughs> do we've it makes
1: over you the feel years. thankful for well, the opportunity
4: I do think that it was very formative <laughs> and i do think it's been a good thing for our our girls so, I grew up I watching movies about despair. summer camps
1: that I would not think was even close to this. Like there was this movie, and I'm a, I'm a little reluctant to mention it because I was probably too young to watch it. But you know it was the 80s and we had cable meatballs? for the. Fr- you remember
4: meatballs? Of oh, course I remember meatballs. That's a camp no class, more. Teachers
1: dirty looks. Remember the? And it was not the idea <laughs> of summer camp. That- <laughs> Bill Murray. You guys have never seen this. Teams Please do. Teams have tell- left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> don't speak old <laughs>
4: don't speak old elijah uh, it was it's
1: because summer camp can be fun but not necessarily what we call edifying fun right sure uh, Dover gorge is not that kind
3: of place yeah it's a it's a very <laughs> different summer camp than i think what most people think of as summer camps it's like all the best things of summer camps plus other things that most other summer camps won't have um, a lot of people think just because of its location that it's not going to be that big. But um, in reality, I mean, it, it's it's really, if you think about it, it's really nice.
2: And it can be a really positive spiritual experience for uh-huh. anyone that is going to Dirt River for that purpose. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh.
3: And I think that's the reason that, it draws people from around the nation is i've seen people from washington state there i've seen people from just yeah everywhere
1: there was the a girl country. in my
2: group once from malaysia you know it's people come from all over
1: wow because it's if she came from malaysia
2: she was living in malaysia and she came to doe river for a week
4: just to come to camp
3: that's yeah, incredible that's crazy i'd go to malaysia for a week <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me
1: too.
2: <laughs> um, but Hit the it's clubs. because
3: it's because it's <laughs> it's kind of a one of a kind thing because it's the only camp I can think of um, of its level. You have some other ones around here, but um, and, and you have some ones that kind of do a similar thing in which it's um, it's a Christian based summer camp in which kids can go they can um, grow their faith while also doing fun activities and just hanging out with friends, making new friends. But Doe River Gorge does it on a completely different level and it does it in this place that just really is quite remarkable from the activities that they have, the level of organization that is there's, there's stuff for you to do all day long. I was there for two weeks, you were there for a month and you really... Don't get bored because there's always stuff for you to do. You can yeah. go into the gorge. There's a river there. There's You can go down the train track. There's an artificial lake. <laughs> there's there's really kind of everything. <laughs> You've sold me. You horse had fields. me at artificial lake. Horse fields, horse paths, soccer field.
2: High adventure activities. But, you know, I think it's all about the community. Like the people you meet while you're at Doe River Gorge is what it's really all about. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was that was why we wanted to have him on, and why well, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Because I really do think for him, it's not just about the the fun and the you know the adventure. It's about like why that's important for young people, why getting away from the familiar, why being outside. Uh,
4: but it's more than just the summer camp, too. I mean, I think we've had several. We're out there at least three or four times a year, just to be out there oh yeah it's, it's a beautiful it's a destination. we you know i mean back in the summer we one sunday we hiked up to the cross along the train tracks oh, our yeah. families oh did. yeah that and was so much fun then we had our fourth of july party in the big gazebo down by the by the river and katie was baptized in that river oh yeah yeah back in the day it's and sort
1: of a hub for the community
4: Right, we've we've been out there to fly kites and, and to have bonfires and to shoot off fireworks and have birthday parties and.
1: But when we're out there, I very rarely am thinking about how the place used to be like a theme park. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh, and how Terry Mahon? I mean, this I think you're going to be amazed. I was amazed, and I know it's just enough about it to really be excited to have him as a guest. Is that the you're talking about a person who thought this up when it was nothing? You know, it was it was essentially a an old theme park. I think it was like called Hillbilly Land or something. We got to find Hillbilly
4: Land. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah.
1: I, well, is Hillbilly a bad word?
4: Think it's your perspective.
1: I don't think it's a bad word. Is it a bad I word?
4: I think it has a negative connotation.
1: Okay. I don't. I don't think it think it I think apparently, I didn't back it then well. because I it was the name of the does theme does park. Have
4: a negative connotation to the majority of people outside of the hills. Um,
1: if you are one, can you okay. allow yourself to be called I one? It's because I am one.
2: Redneck has a more negative connotation.
3: Except there are a lot of self-reclaimed rednecks. It's kind of like. Correct.
4: Red we live in an culture. interesting area. <laughs> yeah. W- I would uh, not I would not go to a theme park called Hillbilly World. Well, okay. I would. Uh, Again,
3: this was probably
1: like, what? The I think 80s? you have, like, a million times. This it's was called probably, Dover Gorge. Now they changed the name. I mean,
4: it's not called Hillbilly World.
1: Well, we've World. got to get the true story from this. So, this is. I I'm would say. One
3: one thing that this is, could be totally fake news here. I, I, might, one, I think I have it right. One of the greatest things about Dover River Gorge is the fact that they have um, evolved over the years. If you do any one thing for a long enough period of time, it eventually is going to become stagnant. But even over like the short period of time compared to how long it's been around, that I've been going there, it's changed dr- dramatically. They've mm-hmm. um, they're always updating it. Um, Terry always looking for new things that they can add to it. And I mean, just within like two years, they got this massive, um, climbing wall, which is this artificial climbing wall. That was actually a ETSU for the professional, like climbing team, East Tennessee climbing State team. University. Right. ETSU. Uh, for
1: those he's that don't know that what for it is. our
4: listeners in Singapore <laughs> and Malaysia. <laughs> right. Because there is a list. There was a, there was a listener from Singapore.
1: Oh, wow. Well, welcome to the <laughs> yeah. from listeners from Singapore. Right. Look, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. And,
3: and as we're going to find out in just a few minutes, he's going to talk about what they've been doing this fall with the corn maze. They've been doing um, a night train. I'm hoping to actually go this Friday. Yeah. But, um,
4: Ooh, do you have a date? Yeah. You no, do?
3: No, like ten guys.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> They're working on it. It's a work in progress. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be on. We'll we'll be at the football game. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. because it's the Those last um, <laughs> home regular season football game, and it's senior night. Oh. So, Susanna, Aww. I imagine will be out there as a senior. You're well, going on the field, woman. Do I have to go on the field for the band seniors? You do. <laughs> Lord, that's going to take forever. We're dragging Katie and Millie out there, too. She's
1: busy. She'll be in the stands drinking her bubbly. She won't have time. Uh, but... Can
4: we take Uncle Josh? Yes. Can he go on the field? Uncle you Josh. want to take Grunkle Josh? I got
1: Grunkle.
4: I'm pretty sure Uncle Josh will be Susanna doing the news broadcast that night. She,
1: yeah, that's true. But yeah. Susanna can call me whatever she wants. Grunkle Josh, Uncle Josh.
4: Uncle Josh, Grunkle Josh. How come we're not taking Elijah? No.
3: Because I'm going to be with.
4: On a, on a date
2: on a date
3: it's a bro date yeah. <laughs> it's a bro date
4: oh well dear. is it time for terry i do think we should okay bring terry into the conversation
1: welcome terry mahan founder are you the executive director what's your current title title is a- president president of doe Official. river gorge yes. welcome it's great to have you on doing hey, good the podcast order. thank you uh you know this is one of those strange things where we get to talk to you and ask you questions and yet so many of us feel like we know you very, very well. You've made such a huge impact in our lives of our kids. So um, some of this may feel like you should know the answer to this, Dr. Becky, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) What do you don't know the answer to this? Elijah oh, and yeah. Susanna won't we'll to know
4: that. Elijah and Susanna know so probably know the answer to all of these yeah. things. Um, but, you know, Josh brought something up during our intro and I have to get to the bottom of this because I, I won't be able to sit here until I know. Was the property originally an amusement park? Um, called Hillbilly World? <laughs> so,
0: so I was not living facts. here then, but that's my understanding. Yeah, it was Hillbilly World at one time. I back, told you.
4: Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: back in the late 60s. Uh, of course, the property, the railroad was there, you know, from, right. uh, put in in 1880. It was abandoned in 1950. Okay. And in the late 60s, an amusement park came in and wanted to restore a scenic excursion train through the gorge. And so okay. they restored about a three-mile Section of the gorge and ran a scenic excursion train as uh-huh. well as had some amusement park rides. And it was known for a while as Hillbilly World. And then at <laughs> another point, it was known as, I think, East Tennessee
1: Funland.
4: Okay, so. see, I'd go to East Tennessee Funland. I would not go to <laughs> Hillbilly
1: World. I don't have a problem with the name Hillbilly, but because uh, I am one, but <laughs> I, I feel a little bit okay with it, but I can see where that's. and. You know, I remember, Terry, the beginning of, of the camp there. But for those who are approaching this and going, I don't know what you all are talking about. So here we are, northeast Tennessee, kind of up at the corner where it meets. All, it can't make up its mind if it's going to become Virginia or North Carolina. And you have in Hampton, Tennessee, this place along the Doe River, which is this gorgeous river that comes up, flowing out of the mountains into the into the valley and, and where we are. And you have a railroad track that you mentioned. That was the Tweetsie Railroad that went right through that it gorge, was. right? And that was a critical line for that whole community through there, right?
0: Yes, it was. It uh, That railroad was put in in 1880, ran from Johnson City, Tennessee, eventually to onto Linville and then to Boone, North Carolina, mm-hmm. handled freight, passenger service, mail, it was actually uh, put in originally to bring iron ore out of Cranberry, North Carolina. Then it was expanded. Okay. and uh, it ran for 70 years until it was abandoned in 1950 and uh, just kind of set um when it was abandoned the the, uh, the railroad gave the county all of the 60 foot right away from one end of the county to the other and uh, part of it was used for roads part of it was abandoned part of it was turned back over to the original land the adjoining landowners and uh the section through the gorge um uh, actually was leased by a group called the Roan Mountain Citizens Club for a hiking trail. Mm. And then in the 60s, the amusement park came in, and mm-hmm. there was some conflict there between the Rhone Mountain Citizens Club, who had it yeah. leased, and the amusement park, who had it deeded to them from the county. And so um, the amusement park, I think, ran until like 1972. Okay. It was abandoned. And then two gentlemen, a wealthy businessman and a state senator, bought it. And they vowed they would never sell the property. Uh, they vowed to each other they'd never sell it. And uh, I guess from what I hear...
1: Broke those vows.
0: <laughs> numerous people <laughs> tried to buy it. Uh, Sierra Club tried to buy it. The state of Tennessee wanted it at one point.
1: Because it is this incredible it's gorge through the mountains with a river and rocks. And it's beautiful. It
0: really, it really is. Uh, so we had a uh, this guy owned a 60-foot right away. The county owned a 60-foot right away, which the... Uh, was turned over to the guys putting in the amusement park. Well, he got to studying the deeds and found out had the, the railroad not only owned a 60-foot right-of-way, but they had bought up all this other land back in back in the gorge back in, eight, in the 1860s. So he went to the East Tennessee Railway, which still existed in Johnson City, and said, we'd like to buy the land you have in the gorge. And they said, we don't have any land in the gorge. We gave it all to the county. And he said, no, you gave them a 60-foot right-of-way, and you still own all this other. So, <laughs> Surprise!
1: Uh, and then it was my understanding
0: what I've been told, and who knows fact from fiction here. But uh, the National Forest said we want that land, and and thought it was theirs, I guess. And and he said, no, well you can't have it. I've I've bought it from the railroad. So that's how three miles of property on both sides of the Doe River got into private hands. Hmm. And uh, so when uh, uh, it was amazing. We we I had run camps using rented facilities for 13 years. We ap- approached, um, uh, the owner, the owners and, uh, had very little credibility and even less money. And, uh, <laughs> they agreed. You are to, broke uh, as a joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, they,
0: they, amazingly just, uh, one of those God things. They agreed to, uh, sell it to us, uh, at one fourth of its appraised value. Mm-hmm. And, um, even donate a good portion of it so
4: and when did that happen
0: well i hiked the property first in 1985 we purchased the property in 1987 wow and it took seven years to run the first camp we ran the first camp in 1995 Mm -hmm. how many kids uh the most we could handle then was 70 so
4: did you did did they sleep in the gazepies?
0: Uh, they were not gazepies, They were teepees.
4: Teepees. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> did people like guwapes? <laughs> we, we bought these original Indian teepees from North Dakota mm-hmm. with the lodgepole pines and the and uh, yeah. And they, they they roughed it. Yeah, they did rough it. Wow. In fact, well, before we purchased those, there's like 17 poles that are 32 feet long. <laughs> right. And, they all come together at the top and then this canvas wraps around them and I asked the guys, I said, Don't that d do, doesn't that leak? You know, be right. I said, no, no. The natives have slept in
1: those for thousands of years. Well, they lied.
4: They slept <laughs> damp it, in it, the in <laughs> Tennessee,
0: <laughs> East Tennessee they
1: leaked bad. I wanna go back to that hike. So here you are, you're you're you have this vision of of creating a place for kids. You were doing it and you were renting and it was you and you begin to get the sense of this, this is this is real this is good this could be much bigger maybe maybe even better and i think for a lot of people who are doing good whatever they're doing where when they're listening if they're listening to this presumably they're interested in doing good in their community but they see something that is not there you know but they can see it was that it for you as you're hiking the gorge and it's in the mid 80s and you're walking through this property and there's no money but could you see it and and, and how did that sort of drive you forward Yeah, well, we had been renting facilities
0: just just did a camp one week out of the year. Uh, I was a student pastor at Grace Fellowship in Johnson City. And uh, to give you some background, I'd been hired on 20 hours a week to do nursery, preschool, elementary, junior high, senior high, and college. Easy. (laughs) Is that all? (laughs) On 20 hours. And so the first year I was thinking, what can we do that I don't have to plan a ton of events? I thought, let's do a camp. We let the little kids be the campers. Let the junior hires run the games, let the senior hires be the counselors, and then college students help out. So we ran a Camp <laughs> top of Wingo in elizabethan Genius. Sure. And uh, we ran a one-week camp. We had 20 little kids that came. We had seven staff members, which was my entire junior high, senior high, and college group. <laughs> so we ran a one-week with 27 kids. It was great fun. Next week, ne- the next year, we did the same thing, had about 20 staff members and about 40 kids. Next year, did the same thing. And then we outgrew this camp here and, mm-hmm. and moved to uh, Greenville, Tennessee, and used the Clyde Austin 4-H Training Center mm-hmm. and did camps down there for the next 10 years. Well, in that process, parents began to say, Terry, you really need to run some camps for junior hires. They can't be your staff forever. Right. And by the way, you need to run some camps for senior hires. High schools. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> um, they asked me to look for a property. Well, we didn't have any money. But so the next three or four years, I hiked two or three pieces of property and and then one day we hiked O River Gorge, and we got to the back of the gorge. I was hiking with a friend of mine, and we sat down on the second trussel bridge and prayed and said, God, if there's ever to be a new camp in East Tennessee, it ought to be right here. So we ran out of the gorge and asked the guy if, they, uh, if the owners would consider selling it, and he told us the whole story. They vowed to each other they'd never sell it, and everybody tried to buy it. So I, had, uh, uh, I was a prayer partner with Jeff Blackburn in Johnson City, and the next day we met for prayer. And he'd been praying about us finding some property. And I told him about Door River Gorge. And he said, Was well, it for sale? And I said, No, they vowed they'd never sell it. And I said, It would be a fortune even if they did. So uh, Jeff, you know, works for an accounting firm. And so uh, I got back to my office and I'd sat there about an hour. And Jeff Blackburn I called and uh, he said, Guess who walked into my office five minutes no. after you walked out?
4: Oh, and I said, strange.
0: No idea. And it was one of the owners. And I said, Well, did you say anything to him? And he said, Yes. I told him, He needed a tax deduction, and and we wanted to put a Christian camp there.
4: God in the IRS.
0: (laughs) So that kind of got the ball rolling, and and it took two years, but two years later I walked out of – an attorney's office with a deed to Doe River Gorge in one Uh hand, a mortgage payment in the other, never knowing how we make the first
1: payment. And, Terry, those stories are so inspiring. Uh, But I'm thinking, and for those who are in the midst of trying to do some good where they are, that had to have been some sleepless nights. Now, (laughs) if you tell me that's not true, then I'm going to really think you're way more awesome than I already do. But I would think, that's Scaryville right there. And was it?
0: It yes, it was. And then uh you know, I continued to work at the church and the church grew and uh so I had a pretty steady job seven years later. I was I mean I'd been at the church for sixteen years at that point when the board of directors said, Terry, we're gonna start running camps next summer at Doe River. And um, you know, I had two kids that liked to eat at that point uh-huh. and at that point we were still trying to make payments on the gorge. We'd had a lake built, and it was leaking. It was going to cost $80,000 to put a liner in the lake, um, which was the only solution. We had five rusty rail cars that was the only place we had to sleep people, and it was going to cost about $100,000 just in materials to get those ready. We didn't have the – hadn't even thought of the gazeepees yet or the teepees. Uh-huh. We'd never done food service. We'd never recruited a staff. We didn't have an office building. We didn't even own a – we didn't own a computer. We didn't even own a stapler. Um <laughs> and they wanted to start camps in eight months never paid any staff they never paid me uh, so i said if we had a half million dollars in the bank which we don't it wouldn't be possible and so they basically said well we've had the property for over six years now if you don't want to do it if you don't want to resign your job we will sell the property and be done with the project
1: so that was scary wow yeah yeah so you had an external force in a lot of ways pushing you forward on this vision. Oh, yeah. yeah, it, it came. It kind of came out of a hike kind of, and an, an idea, but then you had some some wind at your back to go move.
0: Yeah, some people will say Terry you had a lot of faith, but actually, I didn't step out on faith. I was kicked out on faith. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's where a lot of people are. Is they're trying to do good. You but, know, I mean, you
4: know, I mean. I I see that, but more and more you talk to people and there is this element of the miraculous that um, comes together so that people can do what they need to or want to do if it's in the service of helping others. And so you know i think it's a great story i love it when i hear that magic moment where it all just sort of comes together and if you don't see the divine hand working in that mm. gen that owner walking into that accountants office the next day <laughs> i mean <clears throat> i think i don't know i mean those are those are the stories that inspire yeah. me because you do have to just trust yeah that you... there is a there there's a more powerful force than you working to make things happen.
1: And when you don't, when you literally run out of resources or you just don't, like you said, if we had a million dollars in the bank or a half a million dollars in the bank, we still couldn't do it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you reach that point where you go, uh, if this is going to happen, it's not because I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like, like what you're talking about, Becky, and that happened for you all. So it, it, it happened. I imagine they didn't fire you. You did have that first camp.
4: You got those teepees. You got
1: those (laughs) (laughs) teepees. They slept in the rusty rail cars. So you were off and running. What year was that? 1995, first summer. Wow. uh, Was it a smash at first of this place where kids were coming in? Yeah, we
0: had to fill up uh, eight weeks of camp and we didn't didn't know how to. I'd go up to parents, I'd go up to a kid and I'd say, You want to go to camp? He'd go not really. And I said, kid, you're going to camp. I know your parents. <laughs> like,
1: go. <laughs> so we were strung and drafted. <laughs>
4: That's funny. I became aware of Doe River Gorge in 1998 or 1999 when I was a resident physician at ETSU Pediatrics. And I and I had a a, a little guy come to me he brought me a sheet of paper and it was a physical and it was so he could go to camp that year mm-hmm. and he was going to camp at doe river gorge and i said oh and i grew up going to summer camp to church camps mm-hmm. um but he i was like oh i said well tell me about this and he was like and, and they were like oh doe river gorge it's the most amazing place and mm-hmm. they have a train and you can ride it up through there and especially in the fall when the leaves are changing and and they they do ropes courses and there's a lake and I was like, well, that sounds fantastic. And I did his, um, I did his physical, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it is, uh, it that's kind of where it all.
1: So that was by '98. Yeah. It had really so become a summers. thing. It had become was it was an instantly successful. Then after you drafted your first your first group of campers, <laughs> <laughs> instantly <laughs> to... might not be the word I would use. <laughs> it but, became uh... less difficult to get kids to come. I I know for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. And why was that? What did you think? What was it? What was the sort of I mean, all that come together and it could have still really not worked. What was right. it that you think sort of was the thing that made this thing become what it is of doing good for kids? Well, Doe River is a unique property
0: and, you know, there's a lot of fun things to do. And I think kids are seeking adventure and some turn to drugs, alcohol, sex, shoplifting, all kind of things to get a cheap thrill. But when they come to Doe River Gorge, we try to Quince that thirst for adventure with all kind of high adventure activities mm-hmm. like rock climbing, rappelling, high ropes courses, climbing a 30-foot tall telephone pole, standing on the top, jumping out, trying to catch a trapeze.
4: The blob.
0: And the blob, uh, zip lines, <laughs> horseback riding, you know, riflery, archery, skeet shooting. The oh, unimog. The unamog. The, <laughs> the unamog. Uh, the unamog.
1: <laughs> So I we
4: love going. the Unimog, yes. <laughs> that is a sore spot a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, no really? It's, uh,
1: yeah, well, it's, uh, uh, it's always needing to be fixed, it, isn't it?
0: It is. If there's a mechanic out there in this world hearing this that'd like to work on a Unimog, we would welcome you and <laughs> bless you.
4: Somebody please help, because the Unimog is fantastic.
1: <laughs> so so you, you basically scare them to death. <laughs> you no, know, they get to experience adventure, yeah. and and that was... That's the, that's the ticket in well, the door? it's,
0: it's adventure. It's, it's fun. It's adventure. And then it's uh, a, a third key word we look at is acceptance. Uh, we believe every kid is valuable because he's created in the image of God, and it doesn't matter what kind of background he comes from, what kind of race he's at, what, what kind of uh, social status he has. We believe every kid's created in the image of God, and therefore is valuable and important. So we have a rule called No Put-Down Rule. If you put anybody down, you got to give them two put ups, or say two positive things about them. And some kids have gone home, and and the parents will tell me they'll say something sort of negative to the kid, and the kid will go, "You owe me two put ups."
3: No, oh, wow. <laughs> and I have to say that
0: Boom. in front of the um, you know, they have to say that in front of the group, the two put ups. So uh-huh. there's not too many places you can go where you don't get put down or you don't get judged. And Doe River's is one of those. So acceptance and then love. We want kids to know we love them. And that God loves them so much that he sent Jesus to die for every wrong thing they've ever done or ever would do. Mm. So it's interesting, uh, when kids fail an evaluation form, some, a lot of them will put, this is more fun than Disney World. <laughs> well, I, 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 I kind of thought, what are they trying to say here? Mm. And, and I think, you know, you can go to Disney World and they spend billions of dollars to give kids fun and adventure. But you can also be there and be very lonely mm. and... Uh, and so, what Doe River adds to the fun adventure is the acceptance and the love mm-hmm. and and the relationships that that are built
4: there yeah, that's great uh. um so it was a very, very sad time in our house this summer because I have three children, and um. We have a 10-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 17-year-old, and they have all gone to Doe River Gorge every summer from the first time they're eligible to go, which is when they're going into third grade. Um, and, and it, you know, when we got the word that Doe River Gorge wasn't going to happen this summer, there were um, some tears and some um, weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Um, but I think... Uh, I think that you have it, You guys have a pretty inspirational story about how you were able to pivot and, and how you were able to um, still have programs for families and children um, this summer, but also more importantly, this fall and this winter. So I, it would be really fantastic if you can just tell us about what you guys are doing now, even in the midst of the pandemic, to bring this mission of love and acceptance. Yeah. To the community that,
0: that was a tough decision sure. not to have camps, but uh, we could never get comfortable with sleeping eight kids in a room with two counselors that come from different parts of the mm-hmm. different parts of the country and um, so we thought it best to play it safe and and not do camps mm-hmm. um, so then you know that's a that's a huge financial blow as well as a huge ministry blow. Mm-hmm. so we tried to put together some new programs. we did some family camps mm-hmm. where families could come out and stay in a room. And uh, and uh, we just had all kind of activities they could do, and sometimes uh, I think we probably maybe served twenty to thirty families, but sometimes it'd be one family there, and we'd have twenty six staff to serve uh, them. So
4: you okay. <laughs> were just well, lucky <laughs>
0: them. <laughs> so I think they all had a, at least the reviews they gave us. They all had a mm-hmm. great time. So family camps. Uh, we'd love to see families get together and, and just form relationships and be away from the stress of the world. And and sometimes dads can come home and they're stressed out and you just don't get time with your kids. And so they had a great time, I think. Mm. So that was a new uh, ministry. We also uh, did our day quest program on Saturdays, mm. which is a day where you can bring your family, your company, your group out and just uh, ride the zip lines and do the lake and the blob and the train and horseback riding and all that. So those were uh, very enjoyable. Of course, there's plenty of room to spread out. Mm -hmm. We can have, you can have five, 600 people there and you don't even feel crowded at all. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what we did this fall is we've done a corn maze and that's going on on weekends. And
4: I've heard your corn maze is better than any other corn maze in the area.
0: Well, uh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) No, I
4: have. I heard that.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got, well, we we combine that with not only the corn maze, which we've got six acres planted in corn, but we call it the maze of life. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to go through, you get a guide to the maze of life. And that's what the cover says. It's actually a New Testament. Mm -hmm. So when you come to a certain intersection, it'll ask you a biblical question and you can look up the answer or you can choose to go out. On your own and see where it leads uh-huh. and so we're all struggling with this maze of the coronavirus and mm-hmm. so hopefully they take that home and not only use it as a guide to get through the corn maze but as a guide to get through this maze of life mm-hmm. that we all find ourselves and we believe God's Word does have answers to a lot of these questions
4: i was worried about that corn mace this summer because our families went out on on fourth of july and we rented the gazebo and had our fourth of oh, july celebration okay. there but i looked at that corn and i was like that corn doesn't look very good <laughs> Back in July,
1: and then the rains came <laughs> and then the corn flourished <laughs> that corn is 10 feet tall
0: it's some mighty thick corn but we combine that with a train ride and then we have a petting zoo, and mm-hmm. my son, who does outdoor education, brings out all the animals and does some education with them. We have a mini, a little mini train under the new big top tent for little kids to ride. We've got uh, gym mining, we've got, and then we got all kind of food. Great barbecue! It's the first time we've ever done our own barbecue, and some people told us it's the best they've had. Uh, it is really good. Uh, and then uh, we have all the junk food, cotton candy, popcorn, corn dogs. Uh, uh, just all the things you'd find at a fair funnel cakes and then we have a bakery with all kind of so you can just come out there and just eat. have all kind
1: of good food Ride the train <laughs> you know your story is uh, so much the story of faith and, and how as Becky said the miraculous and, the, and we mentioned how faith can move a mountain and it literally literally did it Dover Gorge can you please share the story I know a little bit of it and I have a feeling some of it's not exactly the truth but when you're at Doe River Gorge, you cannot see the highway that is there on the other side of the property because there's this mountain. That mountain did not used to be there. How did that happen? Right. Well, when we got the, when we got the gorge, uh, of course, there's about
0: you know, a half mile of property in front of us, and it looked out onto a four-lane highway. It was just a big 100-acre valley. And you could hear the cars. The cars going along the highway, even though they're a half mile away, it would echo up the gorge. And so we brought in some site planners, um, and they recommended that we build a camp back in the gorge because they said that, you know, you see the highway, eventually there'd be development down there, and and uh, you could hear the noise. So I said, well, couldn't we plant some trees? And they said, well, the trees never grow tall enough, and they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't really block the view, and they wouldn't, definitely wouldn't block the sound. So I said, well, couldn't we build a berm out there? Well, they said to build a berm would cost millions of dollars, even if you could find the dirt. Well, I knew if we had millions of dollars, we probably wouldn't build another mountain. So, uh,
1: <laughs> when you're surrounded by <laughs> them on three
4: sides, right?
0: <laughs> so anyway, uh, someone ran for governor and promised that if they were elected, they would finish the highway between Valley Forge and Hampton. It was four mm-hmm. lane in front of us. It was four lane in Elizabethton, but there was two and a half miles that was two Too lanes late. where it came through the mountains. Mm-hmm and so it was going to cost 20 million dollars back then to go from two lanes to four lanes and it's not like the whole world's trying to get to hampton so (laughs) we didn't think they would ever finish it because actually the four lane ends up about two miles beyond the gorge anyway but sure enough they started building the highway and cutting through these mountains so i went down and talked to the guy that was in charge of the highway project and i said y'all gonna be moving a lot of dirt aren't you and he said yeah and i said well i'd like to have some i'd like to have a mountain built and uh he said well, <laughs> just have a moment <laughs> there it? yeah hey i want a mountain i want to, I said, went to
4: build a mountain
0: <laughs> he said where are you located and i said i'm about a mile up the four lane and he said well you don't get any dirt he said this is a cut and fill project we're using all off-road equipment and i said well i'm only a mile he said well, a mile's a long way. That's a two-mile round trip, and I'd have to put the dirt in little trucks. And when he said little, he meant the biggest truck like that can go on truck, a highway.
4: Sure, uh-huh.
0: So I said, well, if you move any, I'd love to have some. He said, well, I just told you I'm not moving any up the highway. And I said, well, I'm just saying if you do, I'd like to have some. <laughs> he goes, well, I just told you I'm not. And I said, well, if you do. And he kind of he said, look, son, I'm busy. Um, he said, that's my cubicle. If you want to write your name and number down there, if I move any dirt, I'll call you. So I went in his cubicle, was a legal pad, and I put my name, my phone number, and said I'd like to have a mountain built. And uh, so I just tore it off and laid it on his desk. Well, they worked on the highway for nine months. And then the environmentalist came in and said that the rock they were blasting out was causing acid to go into the river, which was oh. going to cause a fish kill. So the environmentalist stopped the project for nine months. Oh. And if you remember, it just kind of sat there and... The mountains were half cut away and that kind of thing. So one day I was at home. We didn't have any offices at Doe River or anything. I was at home, and was getting ready to mow my yard, and my wife, the phone rings, and my wife comes out and says, you might want to talk to this guy. He's with the project between Valley Forge and Hampton. So I went in and talked to him, and he said, you don't know me. My name's Jim Burdett. He said, about a year and a half ago, you were in our office and talked with someone who's no longer with our company. But I was going through his file, and I found this little piece of paper that said, you'd like to have a mountain built.
1: Stop. You're kidding me.
0: No. (laughs) And so he said, I'd like to meet with you at your convenience and talk to you about it. I said, well, I I can meet you in 30 minutes. So I ran out and met him. Any
1: excuse not to mow the
0: yard, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly Karen finished mowing this. (laughs) So I met with him, walked him over 20 acres of property and said, I'd like to have a mountain built, you know, 800 feet wide, 1,600 feet long, as tall as you can get it. And so it just worked out. They came in. They worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a year and a half. Ooh, to
4: and, build uh, our mountain.
0: Build our mountain. They built our lake. They did a lot of other grading. They did all kinds of things. It, it was really the thing that boosted us to the point where we were ready to and run And that cost cage. you a lot of money. Uh, it, it was all for free.
1: It's unbelievable. Uh,
0: several million dollars. They, they paid the power company $30,000 to move some power poles. Then they came back and sewed everything in grass and... They really treated us well and it was a it's one of those things that you just can't orchestrate. It's no. gotta be
1: a god. And, yeah. and and as we get right it would be criminal for us to monopolize your time. We have two teenagers here who have spent time at Dover Gorge. So right. I think they should get a big majority of your time. Yes. But I wanna ask you as we move out, for somebody who's doing their thing wherever they are and they and they really feel like they're just up against it. They've got, they've got this idea, this vision, this, this need that's clearly in front of them and they want to be a part of the solution. But there's just, there's just no, 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 no left and right. What would you say to them? And uh, to, Drawing from what you learned through all of that, that something out of nothing over and over and over again, you know, phone calls that you didn't expect. You know, Uh gifts that somebody walking into Jeff Blackburn's office, you know, what would you say to that person who's trying to figure out how to move forward with that vision? But it just seems like a brick wall. It takes a long time. Uh, You know,
0: it was from the moment I hiked the gorge till we ran our first camp was nine years. So patience, Uh, patience and just stick to it and just see what God does. Uh, God's not on our time frame, unfortunately, if we think. But I think if God plants a vision in your heart, it takes time. And we often aren't that patient. There's a lot of things I want to see happen that are yet yet to be fulfilled. And I don't know when they'll come about. Maybe not in my lifetime.
4: Well, and sometimes we're the seed sowers, right? We're not Uh, the ones who will actually make it happen or maybe even see it happen. But sometimes we're the person who plants the seed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then somebody else waters it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's
0: exactly Mm
4: -hmm.
0: what it talks about in scripture. Mm -hmm. So hopefully hopefully we can pass all this on to the next generation and they can make it even greater.
4: And Do River Gorge has done, just does a fantastic job of growing the next generation and developing a deep love for the mission and for that place. And so, you know, I think I think being the seed sower is super, super important and something to embrace. So it's good. Yeah.
1: And a lot of people don't get to see the harvest of mm-hmm. it happening. You have gotten to see so much, but you're thinking of, I'm sure, what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, a Christmas train, you, you know, uh, uh, which is, uh, that's a 45-minute podcast story in itself, yeah. Uh, maybe you share that story while we bring these guys in. What is, how's that sound, Becky?
4: I think it's great. I mean, I'd love to know what's happening with the Christmas train. Yeah, share that, and, Terry. T- yeah. tell,
1: tell folks what's
0: going on. Between about two weeks uh, before Thanksgiving and two weeks after New Year's, we don't have anything going on at the gourds because churches aren't doing retreats and everybody's focused on Thanksgiving and Christmas and then New Year's. So we were looking for a way to generate some income and ministry during that slow time of the year, and we found out about an organization in Oklahoma— that did a thing called the Christmas Train, and they were selling 60,000 tickets in 13 minutes on the Internet, sharing the story of Christmas from creation to resurrection with those people. And over the last 20 years, had 150,000 people come to know Christ. So we went out there and saw all that. And uh, to make a, a long, really long story short, uh, in 2016, they agreed to sell us all of their assets. And we got two steam locomotives 1.7 miles of track, eight enclosed passenger coaches. Uh, we got uh, 40-something Christmas trees, fully decorated, 250 Christmas wreaths, a uh, quarter-mile of garland, thou- over a 1,000 costumes. And we have all that now at the gorge ready to be put together to do this great event we'll call the Christmas Train.
3: So where is this going to be located at River Gorge? The Christmas Train? The Christmas
0: Train. Uh, we're going to lay two 0.2 miles of track in front of the gorge and we were able just to acquire the what was known as the sawmill property in front of us so it'll go around the gorge then around the mount the man-made mountain we talked about uh make a big circle out in front toward the highway and then come back up the river and back up to toward the depot wow you want to lay some track <laughs> yeah
3: what year is this supposed to be finished by
0: we were hoping 2021 but covid's kind of put a nail in that coffin um uh, and so we're looking – we're hoping for 2022. We've got to raise quite a bit of money to make that happen. We've Everything we've got here – we brought 59 tractor-trailer loads of stuff from Oklahoma to, to here. It's all here, and it's all paid for. So, But now we've got to raise the money, too, and get it all installed.
2: That's well, fascinating. So I'm Susanna.
3: Yeah, and yeah. I'm Elijah. You, you know us. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, she's gone to camp longer than I have, but um, okay. I've gone – steadily for like yeah the last five years so this is definitely yeah it's it's a big part of um our summer and so many other kids summers um and so many people you've seen i'm sure that have been like that you've seen them from a young age teenage years and now they're adults they might even be still helping at the camp um how have you seen that progression of people growing up and then giving back to the camp
0: yeah that's been the most satisfaction to me to see you grow you've grown a lot physically (laughs) and, and spiritually and the most exciting thing to me is to see kids grow through that process and our programs are set up to start at age seven and provide a sequential program of growth and development all the way till they graduate from college. And you've been a part of a lot of that.
3: Yeah, I have. Um, and just for people that might not know, um, the, what are the some of the teen leadership programs that you have?
0: Yeah, once a student enters the ninth grade, once they're entering the ninth grade, they can go into a program called 17.3. That's uh, based on John 17.3. This is eternal life that they may know God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. So that's a leadership program. In the next step is a three-week program called SALT, Servant and Leadership Training. It's S-A-L-T, Servant and Leadership Training. Some kids have called it Slave and Labor Training, uh, but they keep coming back. And then the next program is a four-week program called LEAD, Leadership Experience and Discipleship. Then after that, they can come on staff at Doe River, and when they graduate from high school, we have a nine-month gap year program called Exponential. Yeah, I didn't know about that last one. Yeah, but. it's uh, you know, we notice a lot of kids are not prepared to go to college. Maybe they don't want to go to college. They want a break from the academic world for a while. So this nine-year, this nine-month gap year program, um, students live at Doe River. They work our guest groups. We uh, teach them. Uh, uh, how to defend their faith, uh, how to discover their gifts and abilities and passions so that when they do go to college, uh, they can stand up against some of the things they'll face there. They're more focused on what they want their academic career to be. Oftentimes kids will go to college, they don't know what they want to do, and they change majors four or five times, and indecision is very expensive when you're paying for college. So it's, it's a great program. We've had a lot of students go through it, and uh, we really get to know them deeply and, and ground them in their faith. And, and so That's cool. Good program. Yeah.
2: Um, from your perspective, what can teens in their own communities be doing for the greater good?
0: What can teens be doing for the greater good? You know, we live in a world where where kids are, are often put down. Uh, I think some things, a place to start is you see a kid that's lonely in the school or eating at a table by himself, go over and sit with him. Um, I think some kids don't have the confidence to reach out to the hurting kid, to the lonely kid, to the odd kid. I think that's a great first step is to ex- accept every person uh, as created in the image of God and set that example and have that boldness. I think if somebody steps forward with that kind of boldness, it gives the other kids confidence to do the same thing. That's just a little step you can take, but it's a big its a
3: big thing, a little step, but a big thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And you never know how can it can affect those persons' lives. Right yeah um I mean, you've seen so many um teens throughout the years, and you've dealt so directly with the leadership how on on more of just you know there's there's the doing good sense, but when it comes to actual teen leaders, how do you see teens moving into the space of leadership and um how important do you think that is
0: well at Doe River, when kids go through the leadership programs, they get the opportunity to work with kids younger than they are. And so you can see them begin to build relationships with those younger kids to be a role model for them to, um, uh, you know, and so much of leadership is responding in the correct way. When kids see you respond to a situation where it might make someone else very angry, uh, that creates an image in that kid's mind that I want to be like him. I want to be like her. And be able to respond in a mature way like that and not just have anything that comes along in life to upset me. And and uh, and and then I want to I want to learn to accept other people and love other people that are different than me or maybe don't have the confidence I have. And I think uh, one thing we like to say in our leadership program is uh, you see a lot of folks that just don't have any confidence and competence brings confidence. So if you learn some competencies, then you become confident. Um, And so we try to teach kids skills, how to do team building, how to do rock climbing, rappelling, maybe get better at their sport. So they build some competence and then that results in confidence and then they can share those skills with the younger generation. And at the
3: same time, it's extremely fun. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's it's fun fun activities and it also grows that Um, Do you see, I mean, obviously, I I guess these are the next generation of Dover River Gorge leaders, um, whether it's counselors or just people working at the camp. Do you see that?
0: Yes. Uh, The majority of our staff come from these kids who come up through the programs. And, um, you know, we're 25 years old. We've done 25 years of camp from 95 1995 till two. what is this 2000, 2020. 2020 yeah we did 25 years of camp and uh, so we're starting to see uh, some of those first campers now are sending back their kids and their kids are becoming leaders and that's very exciting most of our summer staff are kids who've come up through the leadership programs and
2: because those uh, are the people that know what Dover gorge is all about
0: yeah yeah exactly
2: It kind of becomes... Oh, you go. (laughs) I definitely think Dovergorge is the place that showed me how much I love working with kids. And, you know, that's something I'm going to pursue later in life. Yeah. It was just valuable experiences from the leadership programs that I did.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, you kind of grow. There's this family that grows. And I've only seen a portion of this because I've only gone through one of the leadership trainings so far. Um, But... I've seen it with other people and just I was there for two weeks and I already, you know, was great friends with the people that I was doing the camp with. And then you see these people that are just with each other for an entire summer, multiple summers at a time throughout their entire high school years. You know, they're they're coming back. They're making sure that they come on the same week so that they can hang out with the people that they enjoy hanging out with. Um, Just this camaraderie that is built over time that can just last for years. And that's something that you don't see at many camps because um Gorge, it has this national and international appeal, but at the same time has this appeal to people that come back and see the same people over and over again mm-hmm. and builds this familial bond with them. Yeah.
0: I think people are looking for a community and community where you're accepted. But isn't it amazing how you can be there for a week or two weeks and make friends with people from different parts of the country. And you, you get a bonding that lasts year after year after year. And like you say, they make plans to come back for the same week, the next year. And so that's... Uh,
2: it's powerful. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, it is. Um, that's the joy I get out of doing what I do.
2: You ready for the game? I'm ready for the game. We've got a fun game for you to play. oh Uh-oh. <laughs> You can ask your questions uh, I
3: thought you had the questions. I've you got five. You got five questions. All
2: right. So we like to play this game called Five Second Answers. So you've got five seconds to answer these trivia questions. Oh, no. <laughs> Just use the
0: same question. Okay. Okay. You ready? As, what, as I'll ever be.
2: All right. What sea creature has three hearts? Sorry. What sea creature has three hearts? Time's up, it's an octopus. <laughs> what Australian marsupial enjoys eucalyptus leaves?
0: Oh my goodness, Where'd you get these
2: questions?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Time's
2: up, it's a koala bear. A koala. Um, dendrophobia is the irrational fear of what?
0: A rock uh, spider's?:
2: Nope, close. Trees. What a... color? <laughs> what color is a giraffe's tongue? black it's blue (laughs) what is the most commonly purchased item at walmart bananas
3: i can see that okay okay i I do have a a couple i can think of um what is the national animal of ireland Ireland. golly where'd you guys get these questions (laughs) it's the unicorn (laughs) um it is yeah it is um so what is the fastest speed that anyone has ever gone on a bicycle? Uh, I'll guess 70. 152 miles an hour. Oh my
0: goodness. Can
2: you believe that? Yeah, I cannot. It's
3: kind of crazy. Um, what type of phobia is tripnophobia? Going on a trip? Like trip. No. I, I don't know how to. <laughs> is it, or is it like tripopnophobia?
2: Tripophobia? Trip.
3: It's. It might it's
2: Man, you try, don't even know the answer to that. Well close. you okay, you try to
3: pronounce it, you look it up. Um it's the fear of irregular holes.
2: So like coral, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of that way. Yeah. It's weird. You yeah. know, I did
0: a I did a talk on fears at, at one point and uh there's like over two thousand fears that psychologists have identified. So I could get you on some of those. Yeah. If I had my notes. Do you have a phobia? Do I have a phobia? <laughs> I was under a house yesterday in a crawl space about this big with spiders getting all over me and uh, so dark places yeah. with spiders and maybe a phobia. Yeah,
3: that's that's my I have a slight spider phobia.
2: Arachnophobia and claustrophobia. There you go. Yeah. The two combined. Yes. Dark <laughs> places.
3: Yeah, so um, we usually try to kind of um, end it out with we want to know where people can find you. Obviously, they can find you at Dover Gorge. But um, with social media, how can people around the nation reach you?
0: Yeah, uh, our website is uh, dovergorge.com. You can also call our our office at 423-725-4010. And we would love to talk to you uh, about all of our programs we our, our plan now is to have camps this summer and the leadership programs so um uh give us a call. We'd love to be part of uh helping your young person uh through this tough growing up teenage years and uh find meaning and direction for their lives and gain confidence and skills and get grounded in their faith,
3: yeah.
2: There's also a Dover River Gorge Instagram that I've seen. It's pretty active lately. Posting about the corn maze and all the fun I'd activities going on.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And about the corn maze. Yeah. Um... Uh, this is the last Friday, correct? This weekend will be the last yeah. time we'll be doing that. Yeah, I think, yeah, year. I'm, I'm going with some friends, so. Good. So yeah. by
2: the time this reaches the listeners, the corn maze will be done for the year, I guess.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, but you guys will be doing it next year, correct? Hopefully. We will see. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think so. It's been we- very well
0: received, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Just thank you for the opportunity, Um uh, I like didn't know young. you guys were going to be here. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm honored to be able to do this with you guys that yeah, no, I've nice. seen Good grow see up you. at Doe It's do an River.
2: honor to talk to you. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much yeah. for Thank being you. with us yeah. today on Doing Good,
4: the podcast.
2: That's
1: our show. Thanks so much for listening to Doing Good, the podcast.
4: And you can find us if you'd like to hear more at our website at We'reDoingGood.com or on Facebook or Instagram at We're Doing Good. So please like our pages and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We all have something that we can be doing. So just take the first step.
4: Everybody
2: show some love and do some good. Have a great day.